This is KDLL 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna, listener-supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. You're tuned into the Kenai Conversation. I'm Riley Board. Tim Dillon, the longtime director of the Kenai Peninsula Economic Development District, is retiring at the end of the year and passing the torch to the organization's special projects manager, Cassidy Cameron. Both Tim and Cassidy joined us this week for a conversation about the past and future of the organization. Stay tuned. I'm joined today by the outgoing and incoming executive directors of the Kenai Peninsula Economic Development District, and I think it'll be best if they tell you what that organization does themselves. So I'll just start out by having each of my guests introduce themselves. Uh, Tim, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Tim Dillon. I'm the executive director for the Kenai Peninsula Economic Development District. And I'm Cassidy Cameron. I am currently the special projects manager for Kenai Peninsula Economic Development District, soon to be the executive director at the top of the year. And let's start by talking about what the goal and, and purpose of KPED, as it's called, is in this community. So in the community and in our uh, the peninsula, we are a non-governmental um, agency that um, I'd say that we... S- we bridge gaps. Uh, we serve as a conduit in between uh, local, state, borough, and federal governments. The community members that reside in our incorporated and unincorporated communities, and we um, try to identify economic infrastructure um, deficiencies as well as strengths, and then try to help develop and bring those industries and and those sectors along um, through, you know identifying funding opportunities, identifying um, stakeholders, leadership, networks that could help. Um, That's it in a nutshell, in case Tim wants to contribute anything. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, basically we're here to, to try and assist with the quality of living for the people on the Kenai Peninsula. And when was this particular economic development district founded? Back in the 80s. Um, and we are actually, there's only four, uh, federally recognized economic development districts in the state of Alaska. So we're one of those four. Um, we also carry the state designation of being a, um, regional, um, uh, organization for the state. So. Very interesting. And, and how large is your staff? We're quite. We're tiny but mighty. Uh, we have currently have a staff of four. So uh, Tim is the executive director. Uh, Caitlin Corson's our uh, project and uh, coordinator. And Abby Dial is um, our research assistant. And then myself, uh, I'm the special projects manager. So just, just four of us um, that kind of move a lot of pieces and parts around and, and do a lot of uh, information digestion. <laughs> Yeah. And does does your organization serve the same boundary area as the Kenai Peninsula Borough? Technically, yes. But because we do have that federal designation, we try and assist with other areas when people need help. Uh, For example, when people were going through COVID, uh, there was all this money coming in the state. And uh, for example, the the community of Kodiak had no economic development organization. So we actually went over and helped them put something together. Uh, We did the same thing up at the Denali borough and we're currently working on uh, putting together an organization for the Valley. Well, thank you for that overall view on Cape head. Now I would love to learn more about the two of you individually. And Tim, let's start with you. What brought you to uh, Cape head and eventually the executive director role? Well, I started out back in 2008, I was named to the board of directors for KPET. And as I have told folks, you know, you know, when, when you sit on a board, sometimes you look at things and you say, you know, if I was ever in charge, I would not do it this way. Um, well, back in 2016, 
I had uh, retired from being the city manager over in Soldovia, and I was working on helping KPED open up doors and doing a little bit of uh, writing and things. And lo and behold, the uh, board came to me and said, hey, we would like to uh, put you in as the new executive director. So all of a sudden, those things that I always said I wanted to do, I had the opportunity to do. Uh, and so that's what we've tried to do for the last eight or so years is, you know, change the brand of who KPED is uh, and what we do here. How do you feel your experience as a city manager played into, you know, how, how you participate in your role in KPED? You know, it helped me an awful lot with understanding the incorporated and unincorporated communities. It really, um, I think I had already established my kind of style of how I do things and my communication skills and leadership skills before I got to uh, Soldovia. But it it allowed me to understand not only how other people do things, but I tease and I say, that's where I learned patience. I, I never had patience before I went to Soldovia, um, but uh, the community taught me patience. And I think that really helped me when I started here at KPED, uh, because when you look at something and you're like, oh, no, I want to do this or that, you have to learn that you have to walk before you run. And, and that was something that uh, I learned in Soldovia. So I was, was able to take it one step at a time when I came here to KPED. Do you mind speaking a little to your background pre-Soldovia? What brought you to that city manager role? Well, I had, uh, I had worked in sport and entertainment for over 25 years. And I had worked on a project here on the Kenai Peninsula. Uh, I ran the Arctic Winter Games for the state of Alaska. And what had happened was uh, Governor Hickel and Senator Stevens and Lauren Lehman and Dale Bagley and you know the whole gang of folks had, had approached me about putting together the Arctic Winter Games. They were a couple million in the hole, and it was a kind of a problem. Um, so we put that all together, and then uh, when I finished that, I actually did the behind-the-scenes stuff for the 50th anniversary for the state of Alaska for uh, Governor Palin. And while I was working on that, I also started working on the um, Alaska Sea Life Center, their external package uh, for Governor Hickel. And when I finished up in 2008 the mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough, John Williams, who I had gotten to know fairly well because of the Arctic Winter Games, uh, got a hold of me and said, hey, you know, Soldovia really needs some help. They had been through like, it was some ridiculous number, like 11 or 12 city managers in a seven-year period. And he said, will you go down there and have, hopefully help people play nice? So, I first was like questioning, why would I want to do that? And then I went down there and kind of fell in love with the place. It's, it's really, it was like Mayberry RFD. Uh, and it was really a, a pretty cool place. Um, you didn't dare have something like an iPad or a computer down there. Um, you know, I used to carry around these little yellow uh, uh, pads to be able to, to write notes on and things. But it, um, when I, when I got down there, because of the uh, relationship with economic development on the Kenai Peninsula, I was automatically named to their the board, and that's what started me on uh, you know working through things. And you know while while we were together down on the um, in Soldovia, we brought in over thirty million dollars worth of different grants, especially infrastructure kinds of things. Um, but it also helped me look at the bigger picture for across the whole Kenai Peninsula. Did you live in Soldovia full-time during that period? No, I did not. I actually, um, back then, the schools had a program during the summers where they wanted to kind of minimize the amount of destruction and things at the schools. So they would get a... Uh, family or a couple or whatever to 
go and put their camper on the school property and you know, once a day in the morning and once a day at night, you know, you walk around and just make sure the, the locks were all done and also. So I, uh, for the time I was, I was in Soldovia for seven and a half years. And so during the summers, um, I actually watched the school district uh, property for them. And then during the winter months, um, I don't want to say I um, couch surfed, um, but I rented a variety of different places over over the years. Very interesting. You're, you were like a lighthouse keeper for the school. <laughs> well, you know, it was it was interesting because the school is the central place for a community like Soldovia. So you had people coming and going all the time, and you didn't want to stop that. You wanted to make sure that if somebody needed something or whatever, that you know they they were doing it safely and that the information. Uh, was being processed correctly. So, um, you know, a community like a Soldovia, that school is, you know, that's the center of attention. That's the center where the community gathers and all. Yeah. Well, Cassidy, let's turn to you now. How did you come to Cape Ed originally? Um, funny enough, uh, <laughs> I was in Soldovia. Uh, I moved uh, to Seldovia from Portland, Oregon about 16 years ago. And I, much like Tim, I, well, not much like Tim. I came to visit a friend of mine from there and immediately fell in love with it and it grabbed my heart. And so I only had a uh, dog and a suitcase. So I went down to Portland and kind of packed up all my stuff and sold a bunch of it and then came up to try Soldovia out for just a year. That's what I ended up telling my parents. And, um, you know, the history's history started to rewrite itself for my, for me. Um, I met Tim through an admin job. I was working at a, uh, water and sewer, uh, infrastructure job, administrative job in Soldovia. And Tim, once that job got finished, Tim scooped me up and brought me into the, the city offices to be an admin assistant. Um, and then I worked my way up uh, with under his direction. Um, and eventually I threw, I wore a lot of hats uh, in, in the city offices, but what I ended up doing was becoming city manager. And then I was a board member of KPED. So that's kind of where our uh, similar paths um, with Cape had kind of cultivated was being a board member. And I think a big difference between Tim and I's experience was instead of being a board member that um, had the thought of, oh, I wish I would do this differently or this could be changed. I felt like um, there were some positive contributions that I wanted to be a part of um, with KPED, and that was uh, significant in terms of how I interacted and engaged with KPED. Um, and eventually, I um, got a call from Tim, and the timing was right, and kind of the the stars were aligned where I was able to step away from the city manager job there and um, jump into a special projects manager job at KPED. Um, and be able to still have a family life. I have three young kids um, and and be home, but also be able to work with the communities and with the organizations that kind of um, fulfill me um, and give me some per sense of purpose. Um, so that was about four years ago, and I've been able to work on a, a number of different projects uh, over the years and kind of hopefully make a positive con contribution with my uh, additions and my, my ideas and the work that I've done. When you made that jump of moving to Soldovia originally, did you have a job waiting for you there or were you just jumping in and hoping things worked out? I, I had a job. I worked at, um, the friend of mine lined me up at the bar there. So I, I got off the, I moved to Seldovia on Valentine's day. I, I thought if I could make it in the dead of winter, then I, then I'll have it made. If I can do it in the, the dead of winter in Alaska, then that was my strategy. Um, so I got off the plane, uh, I think at like two o'clock that day and I started work that night at six o'clock. And that was, I, I worked that job for a few years. I worked 
sometimes, most of the time, if you're you're living in Soldovia, you cobble together like five jobs. So there was a time that I was working probably four jobs um, here and there and just trying to, to make ends meet. But also, um, you get to really learn about how a small community like that works. And you get to really learn how... Um, Alaska works in terms of the sense of community, but then their ties to government and um, how like that, that network starts to kind of take shape. Um, and you get to understand processes and policy and people and um, focuses and priorities and, and that I never dreamed that I would ever be in this uh, line of work, but it's completely fulfilling in terms of um, giving back to a community sense of of purpose. Yeah, it seems like you worked just about every type of job possible in Soldovia. I did. I, I, I mean, just last year, I was also their basketball coach, middle school basketball coach. I was a track coach, uh, worked at the bar, worked at the admin center, um, and then worked as the administrative assistant in the city, uh, the finance director. I was the interim city manager for a little bit. We didn't have a police chief, so I had to kind of fill some gaps. I didn't have any legal authority, but I did serve some papers at some point that was uncomfortable. Wow. And uh, then city manager. So, yeah, I, I think that that flexibility and my... I don't know if I'm brave or just, I'm up for it, you know, for the most part, as long as it doesn't give me any broken bones. Wow. And if you don't mind my asking, are you still based in Soldovia? So yes and no. Uh, We have, um, my kids and I have moved over to Nanilchik on the road system so that they could attend uh, the larger school there. Um, We still have a house. My husband still works there. So we're commuting back and forth. Um, But my heart does, I have a very large place in my heart for Seldovia. um, And it's given me that perspective of rural Alaska that I believe needs to be advocated and supported for. Um, So I'm a I, I joke in many meetings that I'm a rural Alaskan cheerleader. Um, I want to make sure that rural Alaskans are um, represented and advocated and su- feel supported um, and that people can choose if that's if that's the community that they choose to live in. I want them to be able to live there and work there and, and have a home and have a, a sense of community and not have to relocate based on circumstances that maybe we can contribute to. Well, and then let's jump back to talking about the organization overall. I'd love to know what each of you feel like some of your biggest accomplishments through KPED have been during your time there. And maybe Tim will start with you on this one. Well, probably the the biggest success is being able to recruit uh, Cassidy so that I could retire. <laughs> um, but uh, there's there's just been so many different things. But I think the, the biggest thing that we... I think that we've accomplished is our brand and developing that brand so that people know and trust us so that they could come to us if they've got a problem, if they've got a question. You know, we've been involved in so many projects behind the scenes and I see CAPED will continue to do that. But, you know, whether it was a small business, a large business, um, incorporated communities, unincorporated communities, our tribes, working with all those different organizations on different things. You know, you, you talk about the Bluff Erosion Project and the stuff we did behind the scenes there, you, the Soldatna Riverfront Project. Um, you've got businesses like the driving school that we helped start with, with Alex and Sarah Dothit here. Um, the um, uh, Alaska Salt Company down in Homer, uh, rustic roots over in in sewer just but all different kinds of things and i think um with how diverse our kenai peninsula borough is i think we've tried to be just as diverse with being able to help folks and when when somebody comes to me with a problem or a question the first thing i'll do is just in my head say okay how does this fit into our comprehensive economic development strategy And nine times out of 10, it will fit in there. But if it doesn't, figuring out, okay, who can I go ahead and connect this person with? 
I don't like being able to say no to someone. I want to be able to give them, you know, an introduction to someone or whatever is needed. So I think we are now relevant. And if somebody has a question, if somebody has a concern, if somebody has a need, uh, more than likely we're, we're on their list. Um, and whether it be, you know, I was in talking with, with, uh, Clayton Holland, the superintendent here a week or so ago, because recently the school board has decided to look at, they've put a small committee together to, to look at the four day work week and Clayton or school week, excuse me. Um, we wanted to make sure that Clayton knew to pass on to the school board that we already were receiving phone calls from folks, business owners and staff members saying, okay, make sure there's somebody from a business perspective involved with this because it's going to impact. It's not just what happens in those four walls. It really impacts your community, your quality of living. You know, we start looking at workforce, um, and it's huge because one of the problems we have with workforce right now is childcare. <laughs> so um, it, it's not as if we can flood the market with more more uh, young people that you know don't have any place to be. So um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Do you think you can pick like one really big like big dollar project that you've worked on that's been important, and then one really small project that you just like enjoyed and was personally fulfilling for you? Well, I think the the small one I'll start with is the um, Genevieve and uh, her coming to us from over in Seward. Um, here was an 18 and a half year old who wrote a business plan that's probably, I read business plans all the time from folks, and it was probably one of the top three business plans I had seen. She has a great mentor over in Seward with Tom Tugas and just her whole concept of what she wanted to do starting, you know, from beginning to end as far as this mobile boutique. And I'm really, really proud of that. And uh, I think that um, she is going to be one of these people that we're going to have to keep an eye on because she is going places. Um, the bigger project was probably Alaska Cares and how that all played in. We've got a lot of small businesses that probably would not have existed or, or survived without the assistance through the Alaska Cares program. And I think whether it was sitting down and coaching people on how to do the application to some folks, which I, I know some people don't realize this, but there's a lot of people on the peninsula that, number one, have no broadband, and number two, don't want any broadband. Um but if they wanted to apply for dollars, they needed to put all this stuff, apply online. So for us to be able to sit down with, for example, down in Homer with uh, some of the um, uh, Russian fishermen and help them through to pull all the information together. But that was just the first step. Then what we had to do is schedule time for them to come up to our offices and sit with with either Kate or uh, Abby or Cass and and be able to put that information sitting next to to this fisherman or the fisherman's family and put the information into the computer in order for them to be able to get any kind of dollars to be able to survive. I I, I think that's and that that's one of those things that cross so many different groups, you know, and we brought in over $50 million to the Kenai Peninsula out of $240 million statewide. And nobody got more than $100,000. Um, and it was able, people were able to use it to keep their lights on and keep their heat on and, and pay their mortgage or pay their rental. Even though we have all those other projects and things, that really sitting across the table and looking somebody's eyes and, and knowing the hurt that they were feeling and, and knowing that you were going to try and do your best to help them. Um, that I really feel good about. And Cassidy, what about you? What are some of the, the big and small projects that have been most meaningful to you? Sure. Uh, to kind of dovetail off of Tim's last comments um, about being able to help small businesses and commercial fishermen and, and, many industries during the pandemic, during such an uncertain time. I think that um, 
moment in history has been um, really monumental and and impactful for KPED and for you know much of much of all of us. Um, but what we were able to do during that time was really bring a sense of calm um, and assurance to many of the people that live in, and work here. But also we contributed to minimal business closures. Um, and so on that bigger picture and that economic picture, we were able to not have um, such a big negative hit uh, borough-wide for business closures and disruption. Um, so I think that was a huge highlight uh, through the last last four years. Um, and in addition to that, from that moment, we were able to, we really started to um, understand the puzzle in terms of, you know, small business owners don't necessarily do their books um, in top-notch ways, right? So small business owners are, are, are creating their vision and creating their, their operation based on their inspiration that they had. So if it's a bookstore or an art store or um, some type of clothing store or tools or whatever, that's their jam, right? So it's, they're looking at that. But then at the end of the day, when they have to put in their financial statements and pay invoices and report back to the IRS what their employees, um, their employment tax is, they're not some of them aren't that good at it. And so we realized at that point that we could stand up um, some programs and some resources for small businesses to access those types of um, tools and kind of um, resources so that they could get better at managing their inventory and they could get man better at um, identifying some deficiencies in their supply chain management. So from the pandemic, we were able to find a silver lining and, and create something that we still do today. So we offer a lot of the resilience uh, toolkits and business um, kind of enrichment programs to help business owners um, operate better. Uh, make their bottom line look better and make them sustainable in the long run so that if there is another Swan Lake fire or if there are storms that that force your internet to go down, you will have systems in place that can keep you operating and you won't take such a hit. Um, so that that whole kind of symbiotic moment um, has been really fulfilling for me and kind of drives me to figure out how we can better serve um, not just small businesses, but our local governments um, and our, our hubs, right? Our school system, our hospitals, our healthcare industry, um, and figure out better ways for everybody to do things, but then also um, opportunities to access to enhance those, those programs that they have. You know, um, being 65 years old, I am not the most tech savvy person. And one of the things that I learned over the last six, eight, 10 years is that there are a lot more people like me than like Cassidy when it comes to being technology savvy. I'll never forget Caitlin and I, there was a, a gentleman from here in town, a business owner and he needed help and he came in and literally he had two file boxes of receipts and it took us the better part of eight or nine days to get him organized to a point and be able to qualify for some things so that he could still today he's still in business um but he didn't, we didn't have to flip a switch and now all of a sudden everything is computerized and all, but he now has a system in place that makes sense to him, which is important. And if he's asked or needs something, he's able to find it now. And I think that's very, very important. Would you say you do more of that helping pre-existing businesses figure out a system to keep going or helping nascent businesses get off the ground? Which of those takes up more of your time? You know, um, I think it's kind of 50-50, but the other piece that you have to throw in there is then all of the incorporated and unincorporated communities and how we're trying to help them with the funding they need for different things. 
um, whether it be, you know, a project that they're working on or something they're looking at, uh, you know, in the bigger picture of where they want to go over the next three to five years. And, and that's the cool part about our job is there's no two days that are the same. Every day is just a little bit different. And whether you're helping, you know, back when Paulo Strander was the city manager, trying to help him identify funding for the Bluff Erosion Project, or Stephanie Queen and now Jeanette over in Soldatna on the Riverfront Project and next steps for, for that, um, you, you know, it, it's all those kinds of things, or even down to the Sea Life Center, the Alaska Sea Life Center, and when they were looking at how they were recording taxes and how they were working that with the borough, um, being that person in the middle to make sure that everybody was treating everybody fairly and knowing that nobody was trying to scam money or scam anything. It was just understanding what the rules are. Because if one thing that I can say about government is the rules change every other day. You know, these different grants and these different programs and how you account for things. So to be able to keep on top of that and on top of that, being able to help them. You know, we have all the city managers coming in again this week um, for a meeting. And one of the things that I like to do is make sure we're on top of what projects they're all working on and what their needs are. Along the same lines, you know, we went out and Peter um, Machiki, the borough mayor, went out and did a listening tour this past summer. We actually went with them to listen and hear so that we knew what projects people need. I know that if something crosses my desk that can help the Nanilchik Senior Center with enhancing their senior meal program with their kitchen, we're going to be making a phone call. So my staff and I, when we're looking at all potential funding opportunities in the back of our head, we're, we know what projects are out there that have been vetted through communities to try and help them. So, you know, we don't hit a home run every day of the week, but we're, we're trying, we're, we're trying. And, uh, you know, again, it's not one of those things that people have to pay for our services. They, they come over here and no one ever pays for our time. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah, well, on that subject, Tim, as you're winding down your time in this role, I know you have one one big final project you're working to accomplish. Do you mind speaking a little bit to, to what you've been working on? Which one? I'm talking about the mailboxes. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's where I thought you were going, but wanted to make sure. So, you know, we headed up the complete count committee for uh, the Kenai Peninsula when the census happened. And the census was a very difficult time because it was right smack in the middle of the pandemic. Um, but one of the things that the borough mayor and I learned here back a while ago was as we were listening to people, uh, we learned about how some of the numbers might not be as exact as we would like them to be because it's all based on zip codes and zip codes um, if you have, for example, in Nikiski, uh, if you have a PO box at the Nikiski post office, then you have a Nikiski address and a Nikiski zip code. But if you have a mailbox out in front of your house on the street, it doesn't matter where in Nikiski you live, you have a Kenai address and a Kenai zip code. So I am fortunate enough to know the director of the u.s census and he was actually in the state here two weeks ago and we sat down and met up in anchorage to try and figure out okay how do we do this because we want to make sure a lot of the social programs and funding opportunities are based on census numbers and if they're not 100 percent accurate then there's play and we want to make sure that if the senior meals program in Nikiski needs X number of dollars and they have the numbers to back that up, we want to make sure that those numbers are the same numbers that the the uh, government is, is, is putting forward in the, in the census. So we have been able to come up with a potential solution. And uh, the post office here in Kenai, Rick, the, the postmaster, is just an awesome gentleman to work with. Um, we uh, 
have been talking between him and and the borough mayor. We're actually going to put together a meeting here the next week to try and and pull everything together so that it makes sense. But again, we were involved and are involved with the census because the census is economic development. Every person that's counted means X number of dollars. Plus, it ties back to all these different programs that nonprofits are working on. And, And again, you know, one thing that I know that when I first uh, came on board, the phrase nonprofit was like a swear word. And I've tried to make sure people understand that nonprofit is just a tax designation. It's not how you do business. It's a tax designation. And people need to understand that. And I, th- and I think people are understanding that. But we we want to use our relationships to try and make sure that if we're going to use the census, let's make sure it's accurate. And can you speak a little bit more to, in this current situation, what the impact of those potentially iffy census numbers might have on, on folks here? Well, the bottom line is it's dollars. It's, it's dollars. And, you know, what you're able to do nowadays, whether people like it or not, it's based on how many dollars you have. And, and I know, you know, periodically I'll be criticized because of the monies we do bring in. And I sit here and I look at it and I say, you know, I'm not for all these different programs, but if there's an opportunity for the Kenai Peninsula to get it versus somewhere in the lower 48, well, then my job is to make sure it comes to the Kenai Peninsula. And let's keep the politics out of it. The bottom line is our community needs this. The opportunity is there through the federal government. And one way or the other, you're paying for it. So if we're paying for it, I want our community to benefit from it. Um, That's not saying that I agree with every single program that's out there. It's just that I have a job to do, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Well, Cassidy, let me turn back to you as you're approaching the start of the of your time in the executive director role. What are some of your goals and visions for your time heading up the organization? Well, <clears throat> as we head into this new kind of new set of waters, um, Tim has kind of set a, a really good course for us and and the the charts that we're using and the plan that we have in place um, is very sustainable and it's um, very much something that we can keep track on. Um, there's not a lot of cleanup to do. There's not a, a lot of damage control or anything. So he's le- left us in very good hands. Um, he's teed us up really well with the direction that we're going. I think one of the biggest changes that people will notice right off the bat um, is just uh in January, we usually hold our industry outlook forum, our industry overview forum um, in January. Um, this year, we're going to be holding it on April 25th. So that's, a, a to me, it's a big change just because um, I think for even before you were ED, it was always held on that second week of January before uh, session started. Um, so we're we're shifting gears a little bit and holding it in the spring. It'll be in Soldatna. Uh, so we're looking forward to that and looking forward to a really robust uh, panel and, and agenda. Another item that we'll be doing is um, we're revamping or renovating our current website. Um, so a lot of the information that's on there is is really relevant. Um, we're going to update it. Uh, we're going to make some changes that need to be changed, uh, needed to be kind of updated and a little freshened up, but we're also going to add on a GIS component, a mapping component, an interactive component where there'll be kind of essentially community profiles, um, for the user to access sales tax info, uh, population info, census info, uh, for different different purposes. So if there's a nonprofit that's looking for what the demographic layout is of, of say, um, Nanilchik or Soldovia, they'll be able to click on that community and get some, some, um, 
really useful data points that they can put into their application and then hopefully get funding. So we're trying to uh, create kind of a a tool base on that website. So that'll be one thing that we're um, focused on doing and, and looking forward to unveiling here in the spring. Um, additionally, we're going to keep on the broadband infrastructure pieces. Um, that's our number one goal under our overarching goal in our SEDS, um, just to make sure that our co our communities and our um our essential hubs, our hospitals, our school districts, our business communities can be connected and, and do what they need to do um, in 2023 to be um, relevant and emerging. We'll be focused on mariculture this year um, for the next three years at least um, to get that industry really on the on the ground running and i think that the kenai peninsula is um really strategically placed in terms of uh farming environments and Kachemak bay has um ideal producing uh environments and and great waters and great sites um but then we're also on the road system and i think that uh sets us apart from other regions in the state in terms of getting the product um from the processor um and we have a a really robust uh, processing infrastructure already with our salmon fisheries and our commercial fishing industries. So hopefully from those processors, and people want to do that, that middle part of, of the industry, then we'll get them out and hopefully create um, and get our foot in the door for a really strong global market position. Um, so that's kind of on my my sixth, seventh month uh, calendar. Um, and then we'll be continuing the work that Tim has done in terms of networking, going to our communities, um, understanding what they're looking to do. Uh, we tune into their capital improvement project plans. Um, they update them every year. We, we hold them uh, as placeholders on our desk and we find funding uh resources for them to pursue and to get their projects done. Um, and then everything as needed, right? Uh, the board may come to us with another opportunity or will be approached with an opportunity to partner um, in terms of outreach, engagement, networking, um, and to access um, the relevancy that Tim has built. And so Hopefully there's some some stuff I don't even know about yet, um, but I'm excited that it'll fit well with KPED and what we're trying to do. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up mariculture as something uh, a focus for the next couple of years. Do you want to remind folks about what what KPED's involvement in the future sure. of mariculture in this area of is? Um, I'd love to. So uh, two years ago we. Uh, we partnered with the other um, EDDs in the state. Uh, Southeast Conference is the um, lead applicant on this on this grant, but then uh, Southwest um, Swampsea and also Prince William Sound ED, and we partnered with them on an application for a Build Back Better grant um, through the EDA, and we were awarded forty nine million dollars to um, their investment is to increase um, and build out the mariculture industry for the state of Alaska. We've had two governors um, that have identified that mariculture industry is relevant and uh, part of Alaska's future. And so we're going to um, build on that and build it out to be a $100 million uh, annual industry, um, hopefully within 10 years. So we're kind of early on, but the, the program itself, the grant um, award is is a five year, seven year. What year are we on? We're a, it's a five year program. We're on year two. So we have three more years um, to build out different components of the industry. And that includes farming, processing, technology advancements, innovations, uh, t you know, like harvesting innovations and, and testing and applications. So it's not, it's not just seaweed for, for consumption, but um, there's biochemical, um, applications that that it can be used for the oyster and shellfish um, industry is also included in that as well i think it's important to note that mariculture includes um seaweeds and and shellfish and clams but not finfish so that's a big designation that um, i'd like to point out that it's not um aquaculture in that sense um 
we are also looking at ways to um, get it test, get certain elements of the industry tested in a more manageable way for PSPs um, and build out the testing capacity for the state of Alaska as that has been um, identified as a a big bottleneck right now. Another bottleneck is just um, processing in general. So there are growers out there that are growing tons, tons of kelp and seaweed, but they don't have any place to put it. So we're trying to figure out ways that we can process it in the most um, efficient manner and the most cost-effective ways, and then um, build out that element of the industry, and then um, hopefully get it out to a global competitive market. And then, Tim, what about you when it comes to what's next? Uh, Post-retirement, what what's on the horizon for you? And, and will you still be involved with KPED at all, or are you stepping back entirely? Well, as of the end of December, I will no longer be an employee of KPED. Um, I will keep an office here, and um, I'm really looking to slowing it down, uh, enjoying life, and... Um, picking and choosing if I decide to work on anything. So um, I'll do a little bit of consulting and try and help people with opening up some doors and uh, fixing things that might need to be fixed. Are there any hobbies you have outside of work that you're looking forward to devoting yourself to more? Well, I've been known to uh, play a little golf and uh, do a little fishing. So I make some flies. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. He grows um, amazing lemons and limes, too, down in Arizona. So, You know, we have, uh, at our place down in Arizona, we have a, a variety of, I, I enjoy gardening a lot. And uh, so we also have pomegranate mm-hmm. uh, at our house down there and figs. So, and, and sort of on this subject, you know, my impression outside of the, all of the work that KPED does is that you're also a pretty close-knit staff. I'm wondering if you guys have favorite moments from, you know, your time spent together as a staff or in the community that aren't necessarily related to projects or work, but more the the community that you've built? You know, I think we're blessed. We have, there's, between the four of us, we're very, very different, um, especially, you know, Abby is in her early 20s and Kate's in her early 30s and yeah, I'm just going to say Cassidy's in her 40s, um, and I'm in my mid-60s. So we're, we look at things so much differently, but our values are the same. And I think as we have grown together and looked at things, um, we don't agree on everything. And I think that's that's one of the things that a lot of times when you have a small group of people and they disagree, people take it personally, and, you know, it, it just doesn't work. Um, with us, in a way, it, it, it almost makes us stronger um, because we know where each other is coming from. Um, you know, when uh, uh, Cassidy, and she says she's got three youngsters uh, or young ones, uh, one of them is actually in high school now, so... That makes you older, not younger. Um, but anyway, um, I, I just think it comes down to we like each other. And I think that that's really important. It, it's, um, it's not a job when you, you enjoy the people you're working with and, you, and you're hopefully making a difference. And that's what we've tried to do. And uh, we work with great people. And I think that's important. You know, we stay out of the politics um, and we try and look at, okay, how can we make the Kenai Peninsula better? And, uh, I think each one of the four of us look at it that way. You know, my, my kids are now in their thirties. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm looking at things differently than Cassidy when she's got ones in grammar school and in high school. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that, um, that our ability to to see each other and and recognize where each other are each other is in their personal lives and then be able to kind of translate that in certain ways into our into our projects and to our work here um, helps. Um, we all get to get to 
and I, I don't use that term lightly. I feel like it's a privilege that we get to live here on the Kenai Peninsula. And there's certain things that I look for in community that make it worth that moment and worth investing in. Um, and I think Tim has his perspective on what he values in communities. And then we're able to bring that to the table. Um, and I think that that is part of our strengths. I think another one of our strengths is that we can disagree and not take it to the not not have it be to a point where it fractures anything that we have, but it um, kind of fortifies it in a way. Um, it it lets us be who we are and contribute in ways that are um, meaningful, and not 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 be mad about it, um, but be acknowledging it um, and then contribute um, and and kind of put that into our, into our work. Um, and I think our board has allowed us to do that. And mm -hmm. as our board has grown, they've grown with us. And I think they expect us, you know, to, to work the way that we work now. It's, you know, it's, it's a family. So, um, which means any, I don't know any family that agrees all the time. Um, you know, we have our little disagreements on how to, how to do different things. But as I said earlier, we generally care about each other. And I have had the ability through my bosses, the the board, to take care of my staff. Um, you know, somebody asked us recently about, you know, you never have any changeover. And I said, well, that's because hopefully we're taking care of our staff and they're appreciated. And they're also given opportunities. Um, they're given opportunities to learn. They're given opportunities to, to fail. Um, and I think that's very, very important. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it all goes. And I'm just glad that, uh, to have been a part of it. And I'm excited to see what, uh, these three ladies are going to do with the organization. Yeah. Well, on the subject of changeover, I've, I'd been meaning to ask if you're planning to hire someone to fill the special projects role. So we are, uh, discussing that as a team right now. Um, and I think in January we're, we're going to be able to sit down and see exactly how our organizational structure has, has shifted and whether or not there are, um, places for Caitlin and Abby to fill if they have that interest and desire. Um, I don't want to stick a person into a role or a set of responsibilities where they think that that's not going to suit them. Um, I don't think that that is really a, an efficient model or a, a, a successful model in terms of operations. I want um, people to uh, be contributing to our goals and our mission in a way that that fulfills them as well. Um, and I think that's part of our, our success in our recipe, right, of, of making sure that we create value for our employees. So in January, it is on our docket to have kind of a, um, a coffee sit down um, and and start to digest exactly what the change is looking like and feeling like and where everybody wants to go. And if that if that ends up being that there is a, a new uh, role or a new responsibility or a new position that opens up, I'm excited for that opportunity too. Um, and to bring somebody into the fold and, and see how they can contribute um, to what we're trying to do here. So it's always an option. Um, and if that's kind of – I want to go back to your comment, Tim, about the board kind of understanding how we work um, and being fluid. I think that is one of our strengths as well as being able to kind of flex and be fluid in terms of what the, the economy is doing, what industries are doing, what our government is doing, what our communities are doing. Um, and then also going out and meeting, being boots on the ground. I'm very much, I, I don't, I will be in my office, but a lot of times, nine times out of 10, I think, our work is better, um, better produced and better fulfilled when we are out meeting the people and meeting the organizations where they are, um, and experiencing that. And that's part of our recipe is, is meeting people where they are, um, and then going from there. So, yeah. And Tim, I, I wanted to mention, you know, over the last, uh, couple months, I've, gotten the pleasure of witnessing your 
goodbye tour. And by that, I mean various uh, municipalities around the Kenai Peninsula borough, including the borough and the school district and several cities have given you, what, what would we call them, commendations or... <laughs> They, they, what, what, re- resolutions res- resolutions wrote, wrote and support concrete resolutions my wife calls them the where is is <laughs> essentially a lot of of government structures around the Kenai Peninsula borough have in light of your retirement acknowledged the impact that you've had on them over the years in in public fashion what has that experience been like for you of of uh publicly receiving certificates from from all of these places that you've helped over the years you know it's it's been interesting i i'm very very glad that people have acknowledged things but realistically it's an organization it's not a person and i've been blessed to have three great staff members that i work side by side with um and i think that that's uh that's the way i want to keep looking at it and moving forward and um it's uh, it's always interesting when I show up to something and all of a sudden one of my staff members are there and it's like, what are you doing here? Um, kind of thing. And uh, But, you know, I, I've been the face of the organization for a while now and I get that. But um, people need to remember that I am just one person and uh, we've got an awesome team here and, and uh, I think that... Uh, People will people will see that when I step away in January or the end of December and see um, uh, maybe even I've been holding the thing back. I don't know. We'll see. No, but I think the the our hope our goal is uh, to have a seamless transition, so it's not that noticeable, right? Um, to to make our work continuous and and make this momentum kind of carry on, and and so I think. That's going to be a big indicator of of whether or not we did a good job on on the that consistency and and that seamless rollout that we've been really that's what we've been trying to do for the last year or so is make sure that um, it's not a band aid being ripped off but it's being eased off. And I th- I think we're there. Yeah. I, you know I think we're there. If uh, if I didn't come back after today. I know that uh, the the organization's in very very good hands. I I've promised uh, the staff and the board that I'll be around till the end of the month. But um, I'm uh, I'm excited about my next stages, and I'm ex- excited about the the board's next stages. And, and you know, and again, it, Cassidy and and Caitlin and Abby are um, three very independent women that I've tried to lay things out for them and then they could go ahead and take what I give them or not. And I, uh, I think that uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about where the organization is headed. Well, we've got just a couple of minutes left here. Is, uh, is there anything that we didn't get to that you'd been wanting to mention? No, I just think that uh, um, the Kenai Peninsula is without a doubt, the finest place in the state of Alaska to live. I think we're very diverse. I think we have great opportunities. And I think that uh, as we move forward as a community, we need to continue to respect each other and help each other. Um, and, you know, remember that there's there's a reason why people are moving to the Kenai Peninsula. And they're moving from other places in the state of Alaska. And that's not because of one organization. It's because of the Kenai Peninsula and how people are and treat each other and and all the different pieces. And again, it comes back to that phrase, quality of living. Well, Cassidy, Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. And that's all for this episode of the Kenai Conversation. Thanks to Tim Dillon and Cassidy Cameron for joining us. You can hear the Kenai Conversation every week on Wednesday at 10 a.m. and Saturday at 5 p.m. here on KDLL, or you can find it on our website, kdll.org. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in.